What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Welcome group. back, folks. Season 4 of T-double-B-L-C. This one's going to be a special one, I feel like. I just, I feel some good vibes coming into this week. There's a lot to talk about. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Drew Lester, in Essex, Mass. Uh, Drew, how you doing? And then give us the holidays for this week. I will do both those things. I appreciate the intro. Doing well. Uh, plugging away here. Approaching February, boy, this year seems like it's flying by. We just had the Super Bowl last week, which I'm sure we will get to. Yes. Um it is a Thursday evening, which we don't typically do, so we had a few extra days to co- to conjure some content up for the folks, so that'll be exciting to share. A couple sort of oddball um, days of the week, certainly not the best. I'll, I'll just preface it by saying that. February 12th, 2021, we have two. Uh, National Plum Pudding Day. I hate plums, and I don't really love the consistency of pudding either. So I can't imagine I'd be the biggest fan of plum pudding. So I will not be celebrating. This may, this may shock you, but I've never had a plum. Uh, that doesn't shock me one bit because I, yeah, I, okay. I haven't had one. You haven't had one. That's very true. Um, well, I mean, if you haven't had one, I have one, vice versa. But yeah, that's just that one, you know, doesn't really get the people out, up out of their seats. It is what it is. It's not provocative. I'm here, exactly. I'm, I'm here to share the news and that's what I'm going to do regardless. Uh, speaking of the people, the second and last national day of the week for tomorrow is national no one eats alone day, which I got to say, I get it, you know, inclusion, including people making everybody feel like they're, they have a voice and they're, you know, a part of something, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, I do like to sit alone and eat sometimes like, you know, whether I'm just working from home or like, I remember even at school, I'd I, in between classes, run to the dining hall, grab something. And I just, I just do me. So I really don't mind eating alone. I know like Leah has talked about it and you hear people say all the time, like, I wouldn't be caught dead eating alone. That's so embarrassing and awkward. I'm like, you people care too much about what other people think. But yeah, yeah. no one eats alone day tomorrow. I, uh, I go up once a week, we grab lunch uh, in our little office. But like the other days of the week, I want to myself. I don't. I don't want more than once a week. I don't think it's too much. Exactly. Exactly. And I. I don't even really. It's not even that I don't like it. Like I. I feel like we're 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 both the type. Of, we can be hybrids. We can adjust to our environment. Whether we're with a group of three, eight, sixteen, zero, doesn't matter. As Adam. That's as Adam would say, we're malleable. Very I like malleable. I like that word. Very nice. So yeah. The, not a lot, not a lot to pack a punch today, but those are the two days. So, okay. Uh, well, go. yeah. I'm gonna roll right into hate of the week here. We'll do a hate and a love. I didn't have any hates last week. I had three this week that I came across, which is loading great. up, loading up. So to start, the 26.2 stickers on the back of cars. That's all it is. 26.2. Yeah. yeah. I talked to a marathoner in stone over the past week. He also hates it, so I, I don't feel like it's just a you haven't run a marathon thing. He's ran multiple. Uh, so it just is like the humble brag. I ran a marathon. 
look at my car it says 26.2 and it's so dumb like why are you putting that on your car your car didn't run the marathon no your car didn't and it sort of reminds me of the ones that say this car climbed mount washington yeah which those ones the car actually did yeah because the car actually did but yeah the ones that just have the whatever what is it 26.2 you said that's that it exact, that's a white amount. sticker with black yeah. lettering it's like a black outline with black lettering yeah, yeah i've seen it before it's 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 one of the more subtle like passive aggressive hey look at me i'm like a you know pretty strong athlete i can run marathons um sorry my phone's buzzing like the fucking i don't even know what like a vibrator um <laughs> but yeah i'm not a huge fan of the stickers it's sort of similar to a lot of the stuff that we talk about on a weekly basis, which is like your uh, COVID vaccine results or your COVID test or your report card or this or that. I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I think as a organization, we, we are sick and tired of people oversharing certain things that don't necessarily need to be consistently shared, especially on social media. Absolutely. I'm going to jump right into my next one. Uh, yeah. This one comes at dire times usually. Luckily, this past one was not dire for me. But when the air pumps, you go to our out of service. It's just infuriating. Yeah, and it's like it happens all the time. And I get that the gas stations don't care because they're not making money off of it. But that's a ne like that's a necessity at a gas station. And if somebody's pumping their tires up, they're probably going to go in and grab a snack maybe after. So... Or just fill up their tank. Fill, fill up, like you're there, you might as well. If it, you know, yeah, if you like what you see for price. And they well. are. I mean, they're like the McDonald's ice cream machine, where it's down seventy five percent of the time. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where you see, like, at Market Basket during a busy time of year, you'll see like the the roast beefs that are like seventy five percent off, and they're just doing it to get people in the door because they know once you're in the door, it's a, it's an absolute barrage, right? It's a shopping spree. Yeah. So. For the love of God, just keep the pumps working because that's going to keep people coming back. If yeah. I'm the type of person who holds a, like a grudge and I, I'm very emotionally reactive and dramatic, as you know, probably pretty well. So if I went to a place, like you said, in dire need and I was like, thank God I made it. Like this is, you know, I'm wiping the sweat off my brow. I go to take the cab off the tire. I go to, and then it doesn't work. I would probably just have a meltdown and probably never go back. So that's the other angle of it too is like if you want people to consistently come to your establishment whatever you're offering make it consistently work mcdonald's pumping air at a gas station doesn't matter good yes. rule of thumb absolutely then my last one for the hates uh restaurants that don't tell you to pick up from yourself or not you're kind of in that weird middle ground where it's mm. a sit-down place but it's also like a You're deli. not really being waited on. Almost. It's also like a delicatessen in the in the other way too. Where now you don't know if you gotta go pick up your plate and put it on top of like the trash or something. And then sometimes there's not a, a place to put it, and you're yeah. in limbo. You're in yeah. the middle ground. So you're the in first the torture place I chamber. Of, yeah, the first place I thought of is like a Nick's roast beef type of thing, where, or like a firing up anywhere where you're not you don't have like a specified waiter at your table, but there's places to eat in the establishment. Yep. Here's the th here's the differentiator for me. If I sit down and I say I order up at the counter, if somebody brings it to me, then I might be like, okay, they're gonna take care of that after the fact as well. 
But if I have to go up to the counter to pick up the food that I ordered and paid for and then bring it back to the table, then I'm probably going to be more apt to just throw it out on the way out. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, I think I'm going off of like the volume inside the establishment too. Cause when you think of like a Nix or something, it's pretty small. So I yeah. just assume I'm picking it up, but when it gets a little bigger, there's a few more tables out there. You just don't know. Yeah. Cause then you're like, is this an actual dining room? Is it not? Uh, that's a, that's probably something I never really thought of, but is, is starting to give me a little bit of anxiety, even though I'm not even in the moment. And that's not even factoring in the tip. If you got to leave a tip, Oh my God. I've had this conversation a billion times with Leah too. Like if we do takeout, do you leave it? Like at what point do you, at what point in the scale of like restauranting, do you just cut it off and not leave a tip at all? Where do you start altering the tip? It's a shit show in my mind. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, in COVID times, it's just been leave a tip anywhere you'd normally sit down. Yeah, exactly. And then even, yeah. Uh, that's that's tough because like in, in a, hey a, a pandemic changes things as well especially when you're you're kind of strung a little bit and your hands are tied as a restaurant there are situations like that where you got to think on the fly so it makes th- it makes the whole thing even harder yeah all right i'll pass it over to you for your hates i have one it's very minor but it's really bothering me this week randomly out of the blue yesterday i finish up work i'm going to shower and i just noticed this like sharp pain in my finger and it just like feels like a splinter but i can't pull it out i don't see anything and then like i'll look and i'll think that i see something so just small splinters in general that you can't get out that don't hurt 100 percent of the time the ones that aggravate you more are the ones that just pop up out of nowhere so like if you're if you grab something or you 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 touch something a certain way you get that little sharp you know like passive kind of pain sharp pain um but i don't know it's just i have become over the last 24 hours like obsessed with trying to figure out what the hell is to get to remove the foreign object from my skin and stop the splinter and it's it's not as easy as you think kurt because i don't see anything but i feel like it's there and i feel like i'm going insane that's a classic fiberglass like little prick where... That's what Leah and her mom said. Like it could be a little itty bitty piece of glass, but again, I have no idea where that could. I literally don't leave this room. I work from home. Whatever. I have. I'm. I'm trying to like backtrack and see what I could have touched, or I'm at a loss. I really am. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the fiberglass. So let's move on to the loves here. Mine's gonna be quick and easy. I don't even need a response from you because we're gonna okay. We're gonna go into it later. Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl, my love of the week. Okay, we'll leave it at that. If you if you are a repeat listener, that probably doesn't come as a shock to you. But again, we'll get to that later. Mine's a, a little bit different. It's another sort of average Joe everyday thing that you probably will run into. It's when you order a package, especially in a time like this where you really don't expect it to come remotely in time. And it comes earlier than the expected delivery date. So, like, I, I ordered a hat probably, I would say, three to four days ago. And I was looking online, and it said it would be delivered, like, this coming Monday. Okay. And I checked the tracking online. It says that as well. And then I see, boom, UPS this morning dropping it off at my front door. So there's nothing better than when the actual human being UPS driver beats the system, drops off the package a mere three days early. It's a great feeling. 
That is the best. I had that happen with the Gloucester gear hat, actually, a while back, if you remember. I do, actually, yeah. Yours yeah. came pretty quickly, I think, for in comparison. I'll just leave it at that. Yes. Let's hop into a little bit of stonks here. We don't have to talk much. Uh, been a good week. You know, we yeah. had a, a tough day today for me, and yeah. I imagine you as well. But, yep. no, I mean, it can't take away from the Tuesday gains. Uh, my baseline, I feel like, is now today where we, we kind of fell back down to earth, and this is the new baseline that we're going to keep touching the, the floor, and we're going to keep raising the ceiling. I pray that you are right because that would make me the happiest man on earth. I will I will start there. This was, I think Tuesday probably morning was when I first hit over um, $1,000 all time in my earnings, which was huge and which, which I was waiting for. And I'm now just under 24% all time, which leaves me at just above $1,100 all time earnings. And if that is the floor... And this is the baseline of where things will fluctuate at. And that is huge because we've, it's been quite the climb since I want to say late summer, early fall when I jumped into this. But if we can sort of reset expectations, refresh things, have this be the floor and God knows where the ceiling is, that would make me one happy stonk trader. I, I know we got a couple of big dates coming up. I think DraftKings is reporting their earnings pretty soon. And obviously with the Super Bowl. Uh, that's going to come up big. So, yeah, they're 226 yeah. pre-market, and I believe Square's on the 23rd of February. So Square, a great run recently. And can we talk about Square? Absolutely. I mean, Let's go they were it. in the dumps, and we were shitting all over them for a little bit about how it seemed like every day we would check multiple times a day, and we just saw red. And it was getting frustrating and getting a little bit scary. But over the past week or so, I sw I'm not even exaggerating. Every day, look, they're up friggin' nine bucks, ten bucks, and it's just an absolute explosion this past week, and I couldn't be happier. And my favorite GIF slash GIF in the world has has been birthed out of Square's growth, and it's the woman, if I can find it, just going like she's dancing on stage with the microphone, and, and draws she's like the shaking square. her body, and she just draws a square as part of the choreography and it just gets me going every time i see it absolutely uh another one in my portfolio had a massive day yesterday and then took a hard turn back uh down 24 percent today was oh, our favorite etf mj the cannabis etf oh. and i think that had to do yesterday the redditors hopped on a lot of cannabis stock so it shot it through the roof and then it yeah. came back down to earth a little today. I think for the week, yeah, it's still up 7% on the week. So yeah. we're still holding high on the numbers and maybe a good time for people to buy in. Who knows? I think that's a good point. That's what I'm hearing from you as well as a lot of folks is that could be the next um, up and coming sort of bucket to look at if you're looking at getting into a certain genre. Yeah, and then cryptos have been going wild. Bitcoin up to 48,000. Ethereum up to 1,800 now. Holy mackerel. So just, just insane. Can you give me an update on the Doge? The Doge? Dogecoin? Uh, 0.069 right now. So nearing 69. the 7 cents mark. It's It okay. got up to 8. 
it's whenever Elon Musk tweets about it, it goes up to about <laughs> seven cents or eight cents, and then it tumbles yeah. right back down. Are you in or are you out? Yeah, I think you're out. I'm right? out. I made, I made my money. couple hundred bucks, and, and then you, I got out. You took the money and you ran. I did. I did. Fair enough. Moderna performing well still. They're at 185. I would love to see a little drop out of them to get right back into my favorite company. Jump in. But we'll wrap up stock talk there. Yeah. Unless you have anything else to add, but I think we're pretty much done. Yeah. And let's hop into what we've been waiting for, what I've been waiting for the past couple of days since about Sunday night around what? 10:30 central time. 10:30 11 probably your time. Yeah. I would guess around there. And there was a point 20 30 minutes after the game we tried calling our good friend Drew. <laughs> All the boys down here, he refused to answer. I was asleep. He said he was going to sleep no less than one minute prior to us FaceTiming him. So he must be the quickest to go to sleep that I've ever seen in my life. Or he was avoiding the call. I mean, if that's how you want to set the table, we can set the table and start there. I will start by giving credit where credit is due. I mean, I'm a a stand-up guy. Did I answer the call? No. I was tired. I was trying to sleep. Um, Wait, were you tired uh, from just five weeks of pure despair for which Tom? Yeah, I mean, it's exhausting. It's a grind. I mean, Tom punished you. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I would say it's more exhausting rooting against a team than for a team. And I've rooted for the Patriots as hard as I've ever rooted for a team in my life. Um, but again, let me get back to, to it here. I got to give credit where credit is due. That game went, honest to God, nothing like I thought of. I thought, if anything, it would be a shootout and the Bucks would win. Not in a million years did I think that the Chiefs would look the way they did in that game. From my perspective, and trust me, I'm not some avid Chiefs fan. I don't watch every game. But I don't, I don't remember a time where I've seen them look that inept offensively in the in this Mahomes, Kelsey Hill era, so I have to give credit to the Bucks defense. They played their absolute butts off, point blank period. Um, and I, I'm gonna actually give myself a little bit of credit here as well. We were analyzing the game, and I do remember specifically mentioning that boy, oh boy. And this was right at this was two weeks ago. Um, boy, oh boy, if the Bucks pass rush can get on Mahomes like they did Rogers. That could create some problems. And the Chiefs were down, I believe, two offensive linemen as well. And I'm no pro football talk analyst, but that looked to be the issue when I – correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I saw a stat that Mahomes scrambled and evaded the pass rush for like almost 400 yards just running away from the pass rush, which is – I mean, that's just – that's almost an unthinkable stat. Like that that's crazy. Can, so, I, in, can I inject there? Yeah, because I think that's such a disgusting excuse uh, of like, oh, he played, you know, his balls off, blah blah blah. They scored nine points. They never scored a touchdown. You don't. No, no, I, you no, don't no, have no, no, to. No. I didn't say Mahomes played his balls off. No, no, no. But this is. I'm saying this is what the like narrative is in the media, oh, sports oh, media. Okay. okay. Of there's a quality and a talent to sticking in the pocket and getting the rid of the ball quick, right? Yeah, and making reads prior to the play, when Definitely. Mahomes is scrambling for twenty yards, yeah, there was a good yeah. pass rush, but 
on a lot of the plays too, if he gets rid of the ball within three seconds, his guys are probably open. They're the most talented in the NFL. I imagine yeah. they're open. Yeah. Uh, so I just don't like that kind of excuse to where like, they're like, oh, well, because the two yeah. starting linemen were out, which is huge, obviously. But if he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, he's got to figure out something better than nine points in the Super Bowl. Oh, completely agree. And I don't know if you saw after the game, too. I, I'm not trying to completely ruin Patrick Mahomes here. But he did actually, which I've personally never seen, especially on a stage like that, he threw the receivers and O-line under the bus. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. But... I didn't watch his interview. I was focused solely on yeah. my guy. So we'll get back to that. But he did. He said something along the lines of the receivers weren't running the routes. I thought they were in the offensive line let people through oh, like wow. something like consistently. So you never ever hear things like that, especially from a guy of that stature on that stage. So that was kind of unfortunate to see. Um, you, you know who would never do that? Who? Tom. He wouldn't. Now enough with the chiefs. I will go back to the box here and give them credit. I mean, hell of a game. Number one, yep. hell of a job on both sides of the ball coaching too, as well. I mean, Todd, what's his name? Todd Bowles. That guy got absolutely eviscerated and railroaded for the job he did with the Jets as a head coach. Correct. What he did in that Super Bowl could potentially change the tra trajectory of his career. I mean, he incredible performance by him. Yeah. And Byron Leftwich, who I'll be honest, I didn't know much. I mean, I know who he is. I didn't know much about him as a coordinator coming into this year, but hell of a job as well. And he's, Brady still got it. I mean, I, he he made me eat my words. I'm going to sit up here and take my lumps. It was an incredible performance. To watch Gronk come out and play the way he did was, again, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't seen Gronk play like that this year, I don't think, either. No. Like, that explosive for that, you know. The seam route. The, the classic did, seam route was back. Exactly. For the amount that he did and the impact that he had on that game, you didn't see much of that going into this year. So, Hell of a performance by those two guys, and I think, honestly, I've come up, I've come up to this conclusion that I'm going to say. And tell me if you're great. I, honest to God, like Brady, in terms of his physical talent and his attributes, off the charts. But I think what the Patriots are missing, and what every other team in the NFL is missing, which I'm literally, call me dumb, but I'm like just trying to put, kind of put the pieces together, is the mental aspect of his game is borderline untouchable i think i don't think there is a lot i don't think 95 percent of the league is able to get to that point where the amount of the amount that he demands out of that out of himself and his offense in the entire team in his without even throwing a football the way that he just elevated that team out of where they were a year ago today is remarkable so i will give all the credit in the world to him for doing that pulling them out of the dumpster fire that they are in Tampa. And you got the, the rate. What did the Rays go to the world series or the, um, the Rays did. They lost ALDS. Tampa yeah, one, the lightning one, the lightning. Lift in the, I mean, it's like, what type, are we in the upside down world over here? It's crazy town. So again, I was wrong. Well, I wasn't wrong. I, I mean, I, I didn't make any opinions. I didn't say he sucks. I was rooting against him, which was probably wrong because of what he did to me. But, um, I will give him credit where credit is due. He played his sack off. The Bucks, they shocked me. I believe they were seven and five at one point in probably November, yeah. December. 
Yep. And to see the way that they finished the year against the team that I believed was unbeatable for most of the year and the Chiefs was remarkable. So good job to them. My last thing is Bruce Arians, and I'm going to stick by this, not the biggest fan. He should keep the Patriots name out of his mouth. And number two, the only coach worse than him to win a Super Bowl is Doug the Dud Peterson. And that's really all I have to say about that because you know how I feel about him. But hell of a performance by the Bucks. Congratulations to them and Brady. Yes, thank you. Thank you for your kind words after. You you were wrong in the sense that you said the Chiefs were going to, you know, absolutely steamroll them. Yeah. And all the other teams that were supposedly going to beat up. Also, also, while I'm just laying it all out there, I also want to apologize for this. This was a dramatic overreaction. When I got upset that Winfield... Um, yeah, the, that was weird. That was so an odd thing. It was thing. weird, but I'll tell you why. First off, I was a little No, bit your reaction there. was weird, not the uh, his reaction. It was mostly me just being butthurt that the Bucks were going to win. Uh, win, but also I actually forgot about I didn't really see what he did. I yeah. forgot that the deuces or two was what Tyreek Hill does when he's like running to the end zone and I forgot that he did the backflip too. So when I look back at that stuff and yeah. actually get the um, the context to why he did it, I think it's beautiful. It was off brand so for you it. too because you you are one of the biggest Tyreek haters out there. I know. I I hate the guy to death. And um, if he, he's going to try to calm, by the way, this is the last thing, and then I'll give you the floor. If Tyreek Hill <laughs> is going to try to call himself a top five receiver, you kind of triggered me. He's got to do more than he did in that game. He's got to make himself yeah. available. I don't care that the, that Pat Mahomes didn't have time. I don't care that you guys weren't on the same page. Yep. If Pat Mahomes is supposed to be the best quarterback in the league and you're going to call yourself a top five receiver, then you need to make plays regardless of anything else that's going on around you. You need to elevate yourself. And he didn't do that. Kelsey quietly had a good game. Eh, but um, he had that big drop that was early in the game. That was a momentum. He, you know what? He did have a big drop. But other than that, I think he was just sort of getting fed in garbage time. I think he yeah, probably him had and Tyreek both 10. had garbage, like 100 yards combined probably. But I'll leave it at that. So that's that's how I feel about the game. Hell of a performance by the Bucks. And my last, last thing I promise. Oh, my goodness. I know. I'm just curious. If you took – if you put Brady – just Brady. We'll just – we'll keep it real. If you put Brady on the Patriots team of this year, after seeing the way he played in the playoffs and elevated himself in that team to a point of – like I've never seen, where do you think the Patriots would have ended up? after seeing a full body of work for the whole year from both sides. I, I've told you uh, I thought they would have been a playoff team. I don't think they yeah. had the personnel to you know, win a playoff game, maybe the wild card off a fluke, but not yeah. a divisional round. But I think they w- he would have got them to the playoffs. Yeah, I'd probably agree. I think I've st- I'm starting to come around a little bit around, you know what, he's probably never had – a guy like Mike Evans, a guy like Chris Godwin. He did have AB for a game. The weapons, I mean, it was it was an incredible run, and I'll give credit where credit is due. Yeah. So. And I, to go off that point, I don't think that he had his you know best year ever. I think it was a good year, especially at his age. It was a great year. But he needs those weapons now to be able yeah. to do that. And yeah. to go off your point of, you know, him bringing this team all this way and – winning that game in that dramatic or that astonishing of a fashion from what we previously thought Kenzie and all his hate and anger 
like you with the Tyreek uh, taunting, said Sunday night that Drew Locke could have won that game uh, 31-9, that Brady did nothing. Whoa. I, that's, this is the first I'm hearing of this. I don't know if you did this on it was Jason, Jason, Jason Vizina was upset for about an hour screaming at Kenzie how dumb that was. Was he just trolling you guys, like, drunkenly, or was he, like, passionately serious about that take? Well, we originally were like, this is a troll, but then he was passionately serious about it in, in then stating other quarterbacks within the league. But, like, Drew Locke was the floor. The one that stuck out? Yeah. That is... He, I, I believe he had four wins in 13 games this year. Started. <laughs> that, that is as... That's where I... And I, I know I, I sometimes trash Kenzie on the pod as a friend of mine, but that is probably worse than anything I could have said. I mean, that's... That's more, that's more emotionally reactive than anything I said. That's like I feel like that's worse because that is like... It, I don't even. I'm almost speechless because I can't. They're not even in the same stratosphere of the universe, so I don't really know. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. I'm just. I'm a little bit thrown off. You You're kind jarred. of have. You, you yeah, would... I, I'm jarred. Like I, I almost can't, like articulate words based on that because I just don't believe how. I'm very curious how he, what his reasoning is, I guess, behind that because I really don't see a way that you could latch on to any type of reason. Yeah, a lot of, lot of Tito's, a lot of drinks went into that one, but it came off in an angry state. Yeah, I, I, will, I will hold Kenzie's hand and say I was in the same boat as him, obviously, given my remarks, but I feel like I've cooled off and I've, I've been shown the light. I'm not out in the light dancing around, clicking my heels, but I, I have an appreciation for what he was able to do, and I'll give him his credit. I'd Love like you. to also note on the defensive side of the ball, yeah. Levante David and Devin White were astonishingly good. Like, yeah, by Devin far White and away, by far and away, the two best players on the field. I actually thought Levante David had a better game than uh, Devin White, but Devin White mm-hmm. had a better playoff series for the whole body of work that I saw. Yeah, but yeah. just but... I- insanely good. And I mean. Winfield, I didn't really see much, but he had to have been doing a great job since they didn't get really any passes off to Tyreek. They were doubling him and bracketing mm-hmm. him. Uh, and then that D-line, obviously, led by JPP and <laughs> Nadamakin, right? Nadamakin yeah, Nadamakin Sue. Sue, yeah. And so, Vita Vea, I believe he played. I would say that's an all-time performance from a defense in a Super Bowl, so credit to, to Todd Bowles, but I still don't... I. Some guys are great defensive coordinators and not great head coaches. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Like, do you think he'll get offered a job? Because it, it almost seems my like question: a... Why would you take it? Like that team's going to be the same coming back next year yeah. from what they're stating right now. Stock's and just going to rise. Yeah, what? Just inflate that and try to go win another Super Bowl. Yeah. So to to okay. like take a like he's on a great team right now, and to then go and take like you know a. A crap job in where like, Jacksonville, like the Broncos, Chicago, like Broncos. Yeah, like no, yeah. thank you. Like, yeah. go be successful and take a little smaller role in the team. That's fine. I, I agree with you I'm on Bruce agree. Arians. If he's going to say Tom's calling all the plays, then why is Bruce Arians there? Or why is Byron Leftwich there, too? 
Yeah, but like Arians is supposed to be offensive scheme mastermind yeah. as well. So, if... and the stuff he said about Gronk, like we let Gronk do what he wants to do and gave him rest days. Like you're not you're not the first one to ever create a rest day or like you know communicating with your players. Yeah. So stay out of it, buddy. You've won one championship. And it's you're not like Gronk had a great year. Leadership. He had a, a very average year, and he looked pretty slow yeah. all year. He's almost doing the Doug Peterson where he's like, okay, I, I've had success. Now I can yap my, my gun. And it's like, you've won one. You're going to write a book and then get fired in two years once Brady retires? And you got Jameis Winston back throwing 45 picks, my boy? Yeah. So, oh, I don't know. That's really it. That's all I got. I feel like we aired it all out there for the Super Bowl. It was yeah. the the least stress I've ever had for a Super Bowl. Obviously, the Pats not being in it helps, but I was rooting pretty hard for Brady. But there was just no point in the game where it was really in doubt, like they weren't in control. No. But I will say this. Throughout the playoffs, they capitalized at a – crazy rate on like turnovers and just momentum shifts i felt like oh, they yeah. were like 80 90 percent success rate on those type of plays mm -hmm. which is all the difference when it comes to that that sort of game like yeah. playoff or, games or like this I, and i don't know if i'm describing the same thing but a situation where even if it doesn't come off a turnover where you have a ball on like a third down or a big play with a chance to really close the door yeah or or take a shot and change the game i feel like they always hit them like against the Packers at halftime, the game blew open with the Scotty Miller touchdown. Yep. In that Chiefs game, the amount of times that they were able to just pick up a huge first down or just you know keep the drive going, keep Mahomes off the field, it just always felt like they were taking a big shot and a big moment and converting. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the flags in the first half definitely were their side, yeah. but the second half there was really nothing. No, and I, I think if you're even an average fan of the game and you watched how the Chiefs' offense played, it, it really shouldn't – you shouldn't be saying, oh, the refs, the refs, or blaming anybody but your own offense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll transition over to the PGA Tour here because what a week it was, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, what I describe as the best regular PGA Tour event throughout the year, uh, excluding the majors. And I say this because of the 16th hole at TPC Phoenix, maybe? No, TPC Scottsdale is the name of the course. And they do their little mini football stadium around the green per usual. They had actual fans at the event, which was great. Mm -hmm. And Jordan Spieth was in contention, which made it the tournament a billion times better. And I say this because... A couple of the golf media on Twitter say said the same thing, and I completely agree with it. There's two guys now in the game who can like drive ratings and drive people to watch it, and it's Tiger, of course, for the past 25 years he's done that, and then yeah. now Jordan Spieth. I would compare Jordan Spieth to Phil Mickelson, though, back in his prime for why people wanted to watch because he's an absolute train wreck off the tee still. Mm -hmm. and then he just somehow scrambles his way around, makes a ton of putts, and gets the crowd going into it. So I, I think he's more of a like a people's person like Phil, whereas Tiger was more focused, meaner, kind of a, a killer back in the day, didn't really yeah. interact with everybody. But mm -hmm. 
Spieth's got like the famous lines when he won the British Open. He's like on the 16th hole or something. He makes a 40 footer. He tells his caddy, "Go get that," and he's pointing pointing at the oh, ball in the hole. And he's just got these great like one liners. He he pointed at a guy in the stand Saturday who was getting arrested after he made his putt. No and like he, he goes through the whole thing after the round. He describes it. He was like, I was pointing at him and laughing after I made the putt because I saw him like getting arrested as he was trying to jump in the pond after the putt went in. Jesus. Which is Christ. just amazing. He, he ultimately does not win. And our most hated guy, Brooks Kepka, goes on to win the tournament coming from way back, kind of, from where the leaders were. I think he was like three or four back going into the, the start of Sunday. And scottsdale usually isn't a course you get like over par scores from the leaders on and xander shoffley one top five player in the world uh based off like world ranking and stuff and all the stats but he has now has i think 10 second place finishes in you know the past like year or two where he and he hasn't won in like two full years i think Mm -hmm. so he's kind of getting this tony finau-esque moniker on him like uh he can't win when it comes to sunday and he shoots he's hanging around but can never close finish the job yeah and it's you'd like to think it's only a matter of time but man 10 10 in a row and this one was especially bad because daunting he shot even on a course that you know sunday was probably averaging three under uh throughout the entire field so he was well over par compared to his competitors that day speed up plus one i kind of expected a, a wild ride on sunday anyways which is what we got because he played so well on saturday out of kind of nowhere he's been playing bad for the past three years as i kind of depicted on last week's or yep. previous pods and he you know he shot a couple of four unders he's like within shouting distance i think he was still three or four back going into Saturday and then pops off for a 10 under on Saturday out of nowhere, drove the ball phenomenally, which he doesn't do. Uh, and then putted the lights out of it. So then Sunday rolls around and I, he almost like shanks one off the first tee with a hybrid. He's in the desert starts off with a bogey. And I'm like, ah, here we go. This is, (laughs) this is what we've come to expect. Uh, so, I guess it keeps people involved. The roller coaster ride—that's what the volatility is. What keeps people kind of hanging on by a thread, I guess. That's exactly why he drives the ratings because you have no idea day to day. You want to see if he can patch it together. Yeah, four days of golf. You don't know if he's bringing A game Jordan like <laughs> he did on Saturday or C plus game Jordan on Sunday, where he yeah. somehow still has a shot to win the golf tournament. Yeah, that's. Speaking it's of crazy. Which, hey, speaking of which, he is, I believe, two back of the lead right now after the first round. Shot a seven under today at Pebble. Um, so, of course, he's won before. We may be getting the start of a Jordan Spieth comeback, and I would advise people to start maybe looking into the Masters odds for him because he is, besides Tiger, Jack Nicholas and probably only those two, he's the best player at the Masters to ever step foot at Augusta besides those two. I mean, I think he's got he's got a win now. He's got, like, th- three second places. So if, you, if he gets to Augusta in good form, you're going to be looking at a chance on Sunday to cash in that bet slip. 
and we're, and don't hey, we're not we're not betting advisors, we're not financial advisors, but take what you're hearing and maybe run with it cuz I like the way you're thinking. I really do. And that's about it for the PGA Tour this week. Uh like I said, Pebble Beach this week. Tune in, you'll see some whales off the Monterey Pen- Peninsula in the Pacific. You'll also see some celebrities. It's a pro am, so you got uh, the likes of Macklemore. Macklemore's playing this week. So if you're interested in that, go check it's out CBS. It's said that CBS. he's my doppelganger as well. I want to make that known. I actually, Somebody told me today, actually, that I look like him. So. He's He's got just the mustache going, so you're going to have to take the beard out of there. I can probably do that. Probably make it work. We'll see what I can do. Get a fur coat or something. Yeah. All right. Well, Drew's dad joke time. Let's hear it. Let's see if I can get it this week. Yeah, this is a good one. I, again, I don't want to put too much pressure on you as, as I have in recent weeks, but yeah. this one is reachable. It's reachable for you. It's within reach. Here we okay. go. Brought to you by Glossy Gear. We've, we've plugged them a few times, sort of nonchalantly. Go check them out. They got some new gear. Spring is coming. We haven't seen any of that new gear. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I digress. Here we go. What do you call it when a group of apes starts a company? Hmm. think creatively think just you know famous classic terms that people use what do you call it when a group of apes start a company i got nothing i'm thinking like the only thing i'm thinking of is gorilla glue but like that's an actual company and that doesn't fit the joke (laughs) That is that's pra- that's a practical answer, which I respect, but it is not the correct answer. The correct answer is monkey business. <laughs> oh goodness, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's solid. I, you know, what I was thinking of this past week too. I, I've driven through a toll a couple of times uh, near yeah. on the bridge near me. They got a four dollar toll. It's absolutely preposterous. But yeah, it cuts, I mean, that's like stealing. That's like theft. It cuts like twenty minutes off my drive, so I, I pay it. You just, you cough it up. Yeah. I mean, I'm never not going to do it. (laughs) But I thought maybe I compile, you know, a list of these and maybe put like a photocopy in my car and tell the toll people a dad joke on the, on the way across because they have some of the highest suicide rates in the country. I have heard that stat before. Is that just because you're just, you're just sitting in a booth. They say like, if you average, I think over seven words then you're like decreasing their chances of suicide because they hear like a hear like hello and then thanks yeah like a billion times for a 12 hour sh- eight hour to 12 hour shift whatever you're doing jesus i didn't really think of it like that that's kind of dark i guess i'll probably just start conversating with those those folks more maybe tell them a dad joke that maybe save a life brighten their yeah. day up yeah so that that's like our that's a good thought that's our new be a thing. good deed okay i like that and with that, do you have any frauds this week? I yeah, would I do, say I would say you and Kenzie are my frauds. Okay. For the past like 5 weeks of just, you know, rooting hatred. against Tom, a lot of hatred and a lot of negativity, then a lot of emotion, the emotional, right? the emotional yeah. responses after each game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was it was fun. It was a fun little bout. We got into it at times. I I got to say I'm very sad the NFL season is over. Very. I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. Gonna miss Sundays. 
You're excited. I'm excited because I get to really focus on the golf from now till the Augusta. That's true. That's true. Which okay, nice. you can start kind of gearing gearing up a little bit, wrapping yep. up. Um, back to my fraud of the week. I mentioned this to you briefly offline. This could be a hot take for some. Okay. But my fraud of the week is potentially oh. raw chicken in salmonella. You don't think it's there? I don't think it is affecting as many people as I think it is. You don't think it's almost like quicksand. Like when you were a kid, quicksand was a problem. Like you thought <laughs> there's going to be a time where I have to deal with quicksand. It's similar to salmonella where like you think it's a bigger problem than it is. Cause I don't think I'll ever run into it. Knock on wood. I told you before this, excuse me. I have to How do you get out of quicksand? Um, that's what I'm wondering. Uh, is it, is it like, there's a famous, there's a famous like thing you're supposed to do. I forget though. Don't fight it. I think if you fight it, you sink further in. Um, I don't know exactly. Yeah, no, I think it's like a, do you like lay down almost? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I think you try to lay like, yeah, parallel to the ground and like and then like maybe so it doesn't. Kind of shimmy your way back? I don't know. I think you might, I think you crawl. Yeah, I think you actually try to crawl. Imagine Diana Quicksand. That's got to no. be the, like, how do you would get, you how do you get to, in that you... situation? Like, where is there? That's quicksand? what I'm saying. I don't know. Like, is it in the desert? I don't now know. I feel like we're going down because of quicksand. You could. Like, it's it's terrifying. Would you rather drown in the ocean or okay. die of, like, suffocation in quicksand? Oh, drown. Really? Well, I feel like I can avoid that. No, no, this isn't avoid. Living isn't an option. You're you're dying. No, no, no. Like, I know, can't... but yeah, like there's a <laughs> there's a sense of like. You know, I went in there. This is this is the consequence type of deal. I with... guess, yeah. Like, oh, okay. I might have sort of brought it on myself. Yeah, the know? quicksand like the doesn't feel like that. You're just walking along, and then and bang, a, boom, quicksand. It. I wonder if it's a result of like a sinkhole. Like, how do they even? How are they even a, a thing? I don't know. I also gotta ask. So, is the fraud? Do you? Are you calling the one sixty five degrees Fahrenheit on the chicken fraudulent? Like. Maybe it's lower than that, or are you just saying people are, you know, claiming more the scared? Than, like, I'm just gonna make a public service announcement. People are more scared than they have to be about okay. raw chicken. I think, and that's what I'm starting to realize. Because I've I've had an irrational fear for months now, cooking on my own with Leah, yeah. and I'm dry. My chicken is dry as hell because <laughs> I want to avoid it. Right tonight, tonight I took a chance and I had some okay. real moist chicken. It was a little bit fluorescent in some areas, Okay. a little bit questionable, but we did it. We ate it. It almost had the consistency of like a cod or haddock. Like it was very flaky. And when you cut into it, it moves, which tells me that it may not be cooked all the way. Interesting. Um, I bought myself a thermometer about a week ago, actually, at the grocery store because of, I was scared of that. I need to buy a meat thermometer because I am lost without one. Yeah. But go back to my fraud. Yeah, I think it's just like. I don't even really know how to angle the fraud. I guess it's more of like leading into a public service announcement of like, you know, don't worry, like be less scared. Like don't live in fear of salmonella. Cook your chicken moist and enjoy it and and that's that. You know? Okay. I like that. I don't I don't agree with it being the fraud, but I'll I like that. Okay. Do you have a fraud of, of the Oh, you already gave your fraud. Of the, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. Um Let's go with a, a Jordan Spieth quote here. Okay. This one's a good one. I like this one a lot because if you've watched him play, it's definitely 
true. Whenever the heat's on, my whole life, I've just kind of learned to focus a little more. I like it. Which out of a professional athlete, that's what you want. That's that's everything. It is. Well, that'll wrap up another episode of TWBLC. And as always, our guy, Pat from last year, playing us out. What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Sazits. Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group.